This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News. Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. Funeral arrangements have been announced by the Bibb County Sheriff's Office when it comes to Deputy Brad Johnson. Johnson was killed in the line of duty while pursuing a stolen vehicle last week. He died following his gunshot injuries that occurred in that incident. Johnson's funeral will be held this coming Friday, July 8th at the University of Montevallo. Public visitation starts at 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Services begin at 12. A procession will then take place from there to Pineland Cemetery. The canine unit that worked with Johnson has been placed with Johnson's family members, according to Sheriff Jody Wade. Wade spoke with ABC 3340 News. It's been heartbreaking. He's no longer himself. He's around people he knows, people he trusts, people that love him, and people that they're caring for him. 26-year-old Austin Patrick Hall has been officially charged with three counts of capital murder in the death of Deputy Johnson. One of the Democrat Party nominees running in a family court judge race is now dealing with allegations of child abuse and more. Sabrina Martin is running for the Montgomery family court judge position. Now a group of lawyers have sent a letter to the Alabama Democratic Party expressing their concern about Martin. In the letter, the group says that Martin falsified statements regarding her economic status, violated the Fair Campaign Practices Act by the distribution of misleading sample ballots, and behaved unprofessionally along with the whole issue with child abuse. The lawyers are asking for the state party to investigate. Martin has until this Friday to offer her rebuttal to those claims Martin did post a video on Facebook addressing some of the accusations that have been leveled against her. You don't know what it's like to go through a divorce until you go through a divorce. You don't know what it's like to adopt a child until you adopt one. And you don't know what it's like to go through losing custody of a child until you lose one. This week, the Birmingham Transit System will begin operations for athletes and visitors who are attending the World Games. The BJCTA Executive Director, Charlotte Shaw, spoke with WBRC News about the new routes that will allow fans to travel from one venue to another with an easy day pass. We're going to be increasing from uh, 45 to an hour minute hitways to 15 to 20 to 30 minute hitways just to help our spectators get from location to location. The four different routes are denoted by color, red, yellow, blue, and green. The World Games officially get underway this week on July 7th. A Florida man is under arrest for making terroristic threats on social media regarding the Limestone County Sheriff's Department. 50-year-old Michael Kinney is facing these charges after he traveled to the city of Athens on July 3rd, which took about 10 hours. Family members called ahead with concern about Kinney and his mental state of mind. Kinney's vehicle was located by police in Morgan County along Interstate 65. Traffic was then held up for 90 minutes while ATF agents came in to evaluate Kinney's vehicle for explosives. This was based off of what he posted on Facebook. The vehicle was determined to be safe. Kinney has spent time in the military as a bomb technician. He also lived in Limestone County back in 2015. The host of Right Side Radio, Phil Williams, will be expanding his radio program to Birmingham. That all starts on July 11th. Williams first started his program in the summer of 2021 on WVNN out of Huntsville. 
Now he'll be joining up with Crawford Media Group to go on the air on WXJC 101.1, which covers Birmingham and Coleman area and beyond. Williams will also be offering live streaming video of his program. He says that from day one, his goal on this show was to enlighten, empower, educate, and entertain his listeners. You can read more of Phil Williams' story and other news impacting the state of Alabama at 1819news.com. In national news, the U.S. Department of Justice is filing a lawsuit against the state of Arizona over election law. The Civil Rights Division within the DOJ is taking issue with a bill that was signed into law this past March by the Arizona Republican governor. That law requires a person to show proof of American citizenship before he or she can register to vote in that state or vote by mail-in ballot. Those who promoted and passed HB 2492 in that state's legislature say that showing a birth certificate or proof of citizenship is to discourage voter fraud. Those opposed to it say it further disenfranchises voters and adds additional hurdles to voting. Back in 2013, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that Arizona couldn't require such proof of citizenship when a person was voting in a federal election, but they could continue to do so for state and local elections. Now the state legislature has passed that law again to include federal elections in a clear effort to take this case all the way up to the Supreme Court, considering that there are different judges seated on the bench than there was in 2013. The Arizona Attorney General, Andy Biggs, took to social media to comment on this development within the DOJ, saying it's unbelievable that the DOJ is suing the state and sending a message that they don't think a person should prove they're an American in order to vote in an American election. More details are emerging about the shooting suspect who killed six people at a July 4th parade outside of Chicago. Police now say that the shooter dressed like a woman in order to blend in with the crowds while making an escape from the rooftop of a building where he did open fire on the crowds below. Here's Lake County Officer Chris Cavellis. Uh, During the attack, Primo was dressed in woman's clothing, and investigators do believe he did this to conceal his facial tattoos and his identity and help him during the escape uh, with the other people who were fleeing the chaos. During the attack, we believe that Karimo fired more than 70 rounds from this rifle into the crowd of innocent people. Following the attack, Karimo exited the roof, he dropped his rifle, and he blended in with the crowd, and he escaped. Uh, He walked to his mother's home, who lived in the area, and he blended right in with everybody else as they were running around, almost as he was uh, an innocent spectator as well. He borrowed his mother's vehicle. Uh, We issued an alert yesterday afternoon. Chief Jogman uh, provided the vehicle information and Cremo's information. Uh, We're very thankful that an alert member of the community saw Cremo's vehicle traveling southbound on Route 41, dialed 911, an alert North Chicago police officer spotted the vehicle, waited for additional backup units to arrive, conducted a traffic stop, and they were able to safely apprehend Cremo with no injuries to the officers. At least 24 other parade attenders were injured by the shooting, as well as the six fatalities. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot says that toxic public discourse is part of the reason why violence takes place. Lightfoot was addressing city officials this week following that shooting. The toxicity in our public discourse is a thing that I think we should all be concerned about. right? And it's ironic, obviously, that we're having this conversation and what happened on Independence Day. You know, we're not like a lot of other countries where 
uh, independence, their version of Independence Day is marked with, you know, tr uh, troops and tanks. And right. no, what we do in the United States is we come together as a community. Less than 10 days ago, this very same mayor, Lori Lightfoot, was talking about the Supreme Court reversal of Roe v. Wade, and in particular, Justice Clarence Thomas. Now we know what happened with the Supreme Court yesterday. And if you read Clarence Thomas' concurrence, he said, thank you, Clarence Thomas. Oh, you, Clarence Thomas! Well, when it comes to the U.S. Supreme Court, the justices are still having protests form outside of their homes which is in violation of federal law. This has happened ever since the leaked draft opinion regarding the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Now the marshal within the Supreme Court is suggesting in a letter that this activism should be stopped and that leadership within the states of Virginia and Maryland should take action. The letter from the Supreme Court official, Gail Curley, was sent to Governor Larry Hogan of Maryland and Glenn Youngkin of Virginia regarding the persistent threats to the justices. Both governors indicated that it was up to the federal government to enforce those federal statutes that prohibit picketing outside of a justice home. Other authorities within both of those states are raising concerns over the right to assembly. They say the federal law that has been cited in this letter has not been enforced by other courts because it's ultimately a violation of the First Amendment. Leadership within Kinney County in Texas is calling on Texas Governor Greg Abbott to declare the existence of an invasion by illegal immigrants. Other counties that are along the Texas-Mexico border include Uvalde, Terrell, Medina, Burnett, and Goliad counties. They are also joining with Kinney County in this declaration. The joint press release listed the recent high volume of human smuggling cases that were uncovered and the militarization of schools in order to keep kids safe. The declaration says that this continued way of life is unacceptable and that the sovereignty of Texas is being invaded by those unwilling to obey the law. The six counties are citing a section from the Texas Constitution that allows for the declaration of an invasion and they're urging Governor Abbott to take necessary actions to preserve the territorial integrity of that state. Well, the White House will not be addressing a voicemail message that came to light last week. That message is from Joe Biden calling his son Hunter Biden. In the message that occurred back in 2018 when Joe Biden was not president, he references a New York Times article on the business deals that Hunter had made in China. The voicemail message was found on Hunter Biden's laptop that has been confirmed to be legitimate after it was left at a computer repair shop in Delaware and never picked up. This is the message. Hey, pals, Dad. It's 815. Um on uh, Wednesday night, if you get a chance, give me a call. Not, nothing urgent. Just want to talk to you. I thought the article, at least the thing on online, that's going to be printed tomorrow in the Times, was good. I think it's clear. And uh, anyway, um, if you get a chance, give me a call. I love you. And here is Fox News reporter Peter Ducey bringing up the message and its contents with White House Press Secretary Karine Jean Pierre. Why is there a voicemail of the president? Talking to his son about his overseas business dealings, if the president has said he's never spoken to his son about his overseas business dealings. Well, first I'll say that uh, what the president said stands. So if he if that's what the president said, that, he, that is what stands. And Usually second, secondly, New York Times article but secondly, concerning secondly, business dealings. And he says, I think you're clear. How is that not him talking to his son about his overseas business dealings? 
we're not from this podium. I am not going to talk about alleged materials from the laptop. So I will. Are you disputing the president's not, voice on the voicemail? I am not going to talk about alleged materials on the laptop. Are it's you not happening then that it is not? Peter, I refer you to uh, to his son's representative. Okay. Good. There may or may not be more coming when it comes to the Biden family business dealings. Investigative reporter Paul Sperry with Real Clear Investigations posted on July 4th that he has sources confirming to him that the Biden family is under investigation for their established relationships with members of the Chinese Communist Party. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. Be sure and check out Phil Williams at RightSideRadio.org as he talks about there being a racist under every rock. Every rock. So did you know that Pete Booty Judge was here in Alabama? Did you know that? I'm looking at the article right now on AL.com. There it is. Booty Judge was in town, uh, appeared with liberal mayor Randall Woodfin of Birmingham and uh, Congresswoman Terry Sewell. Because uh, Booty Judge is helping now implement the billion-dollar, first-of-its-kind anti-racist roads project. Uh, what? Yes. Did you know that roads and bridges are racist? Um, no. Pray tell, how can they be? Well, the, the prevailing theory from Booty Judge and those who think like he does are that there is a lot of infrastructure built nationwide that was done to disenfranchise people or to do what he calls disconnecting communities, um, even to the point that he says sometimes they ran them through the heart of a community. I, you know, I've, I've heard stories about things like, um, you know, in, in, in like decades past when the interstate stopped at Birmingham, remember we used to have to all drive around Fultondale, Gardendale area because the interstate stopped. I don't know how to explain it. I know interstates cost money. I was told that it was, it was a sentiment, uh, of governor George Wallace against the leadership of Birmingham. Maybe, I don't know. We got an interstate now. Um, and, and the best infrastructure I think we have in the state right now is the stuff in the heart of Birmingham. So what is it we're going to do with the, how much is it? $20 billion. They got put into the American jobs plan in 2021, $20 billion, 20 billion, b- 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 billion with a B dollars to reconnect neighborhoods cut off by historic investments and ensure new projects increase opportunity, advance racial equity and environmental justice and promote affordable access. Oh my gosh. We just wrote them a $20 billion check to go out and disprove that there's a racist under every rock. Well, Booty Judge is in Alabama, and he says that Birmingham is an example of a city where interstates were designed and built through minority neighborhoods, cutting off communities and depriving them of economic opportunities. And liberal mayor Randall Woodfin agrees with him. Woodfin said Birmingham would apply for those federal funds and that there are a number of projects that need those federal fundings. Um, to be determined, he said, which ones? Okay, if you haven't yet determined which ones were racist, you just know they're out there, then you've got a solution in search of a problem. The very idea that Liberal Mayor Randall Woodfin is saying to the press, hey, this uh, $20 billion you got, man, we're going to get some of that. And uh, yeah, it's to be determined uh, which road projects need that federal funding, but uh, we're, we're gonna, we, we know we got some. We, we, we know we got some. 
Oh my gosh. But the lie being perpetrated is that even sometimes if you're black, if you're conservative, you're racist. And, and, and folks, they are wearing out that argument. You can find more of that podcast at rightsideradio.org. I'm Andrea Tice. I want to thank Emily Danielson for filling in for me for the past two days during the holiday weekend. It's also good to be back on The Daily Detail. I'll be delivering reports to you again tomorrow. I look forward to updating you then. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values. 